we are approaching the day of trumpets. we're in the sixth month of the biblical calendar and every year at this time when we understand or seek to understand the jewish roots of our faith during during this time during the time of the lead up into the autumn festivals not so much in the church world, but in like messianic circles, sometimes there's a, there comes a, is this the year, Lord? Is this the time that judgment is going to come? Because there's, there's maybe a connection between the day of trumpets that we read about in the Torah, which is upcoming in a few weeks, two weeks and a day, and maybe the trumpets of tribulation. Or even the trumpets that Paul spoke about that were going to be changed in an instant. So there seems to be maybe a connection there. And when we have that reality, we kind of go around as we approach this going, is this it, Lord? Is this the day of trumpets that will start the fulfillment of the, the fulfillment of the autumn festivals, which we know is coming and we've been looking for and knew it, know at some point is going to happen. So every year, but even more so this year, with all the signs and all the eclipses and the blood moons and the full moons and the super moons and the super duper moons and the super hooper duper moons and the super suns and the not so super suns and the solar eclipses and the schmoller eclipses and all these types of things and the schmittes and the fitness and the lixes, all this stuff, you know, even more so there's now Lord, is this it? And it may be it. We'll have to see what happens. But sometimes I'm out and about in the world, and I'm just shopping or driving, and I look at all the people. And I don't know if anybody here are, are people watchers. They just kind of like like to just sit with like a, you know, a drink or something and just kind of watch the people go by, you know. And sometimes I do that, and it's in my car, and I see. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I mean, how many people we pass by just on the way to work? I mean, like thousands every day. You know, and I ask myself sometimes, if this is it, I'm like, how are you going to reach all these people? I don't know if you've ever asked the Lord that. How in the world are you going to reach everybody? I mean, there's a whole spectrum of. You know, as you pass people that you don't know, you don't know anything about them, there's, there's a spectrum of, you know, strong believer in, in the true God of Israel to, you know, somebody, yeah, I believe in something, you know, but don't really put their trust in God. And then there's agnostics, it's like, I don't know if he exists or not. There's atheists who are very adamantly against belief in God. And then there's people that believe in God, but the wrong God. And so I asked that tonight, how are you going to, wherever we are in the spectrum, how in the world are you going to reach everybody? I mean, when you say every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess, how are you going to do it? And as we approach the autumn festivals, the only answer I have is when my mind goes back to September 11th, 2001, which I've shared about here many times and that I've witnessed it with my own eyes. I was in New York City, I saw the tower go down uh, with my own eyes, not just on TV. And um, what happened in the aftermath of that? I will redirect because I have to share this with you, just a quick redirection as we look at the times and we look at what may be coming. 
I've shared this before, and I'll just say it again very quickly. When September 11, 2001 happened, I started to wonder fairly quickly what's going to happen on the seven-year anniversary of September 11, 2001, biblically, not September 11, 2008, but whatever day on the Jewish biblical calendar that showed up on, what's going to happen seven years later? It's something that was on my mind the whole time. I didn't know if it was from the Lord. I didn't know if it was from me. I just didn't know, but I had my mind on it. So much so that when the seven-year anniversary on the biblical calendar was about to come forward, and I was in New York City again. I was living in Rhode Island, but I was had to go to New York City again for work. I asked Rabbi Peter to pray, and he fasted for me for two days, because I was in New York City for two days during that time. And then when I got home from New York City, I was like, okay, there was no terrorist attack, and I turned on the TV, and that was the day that President Bush at the time declared that we are in a world economic collapse, crisis, on, this, on the biblical anniversary of September 11th, seven years apart to the day. And we also know from the Schmitzer books that, are, that have come out with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, who I know personally and a, a friend of mine and Susie's, um, that uh, on the last day of the sixth month, the 29th of Elul, that's when like the economy collapsed after September 11th, and it happened seven years after to the day. Okay, so I want to share with you that um, the next seven-year anniversary of September 11th, 2001, on the biblical Jewish calendar is next Monday. So I just want to share that that next Monday, which happens to be Labor Day, is that biblical now 14-year anniversary of September 11th attack. So I want to share that with you. Don't know if anything's going to happen, but I have to be. I have to share that so we are informed. If I had a strong vision that something was going to happen, I would share it. But I, if I did, I would be sharing from the flesh and not from the Lord. But I will share that that anniversary is coming up on Labor Day, September 7th. Okay. So getting back to what I was saying about like how are you going to reach all these people, Lord? With your truth, the only answer that I can think of is what happened on September 11th. When that attack happened, we were so not prepared for it. And in an, a moment, in a moment, everybody was undone and could not rely on anything they knew. It felt like just paradigm just changed. Worlds just changed. We didn't know if, I mean, I remember walking in New York City after it was done, we are trying to get uptown so we can get to the George Washington Bridge and get the heck out, and we just, we had no idea if like a building was gonna blow up in front of us. We didn't know anything, we would hear the news and there'd be news reports of like, okay, there's an attack in the Sears Tower in Chicago, which, because people were freaking out. And like all of a sudden, it's, it's like everybody just were, was undone and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to turn left, turn right. They didn't know if they were going to live. They didn't know if they were going to die. They didn't know if a nuclear bomb was going to go off. They didn't know where to go, what to do. And that was pretty much pervasive all around the country. And then we started to hear talks of like these prayer vigils like all around the country. And all of a sudden, like as a nation, we kind of started to say, Adonai, or God, if you exist, this is a good time to do something to let me know. And all of a sudden, you know, there was this, this sort of this vertical look upward of a lot of people. And it made me realize that everybody has that, to use a September 11th term, 
Everybody has that ground zero moment. Okay? That ground zero moment. When you are undone, you can no longer rely on anything of your own strength. We get pretty good at relying on our own strength. Because God has blessed humans with amazing abilities. Right, Peter Wiggins? Yep. Amazing abilities and creative abilities. So we get used to you know, relying on our own strength, and we get used to realizing that when you're driving to work and you don't get into an accident and die, it's purely his grace. And it's not your driving ability. Because if he determines now's the time, whatever happens, it's going to happen. But we lose that reality that every breath, we are reliant on him to allow it. And if he chooses in his sovereignty to not allow it, it won't happen. And we get to this point in our lives, I think everybody goes through this and eventually has a point, this, this ground zero moment when you cannot rely on anything of yourself any longer. Nothing you can do to fix a situation, and there's only one that can, if he so chooses. I guarantee, I almost guarantee, that if an atheist, an staunch atheist, who's like adamant about their disbelief in anything divine, has a terminal illness, and they've done everything they could to get fixed up, everything they could to get healed, and that there's nothing else that can be done. They think it doesn't matter how many vitamins they take, it doesn't matter how many surgeries they have, there's nothing else. I guarantee there's a moment where they go, okay, God, are you there? And everybody has this moment of, are you there? And it's in that moment that I believe he has to bring every single person to at some, in some way, in some way, to say, I cannot do this in my own strength. We deal with this and he'll bring us to this point, whether it's situation, whether it's sin, whether it's like an addiction. You know, a lot of addictions, addict, addicts stay addicts because they think they got it all figured out. Because they think they figured out how to stay in this environment and navigate through it. They think they have it all figured out. But it takes an addict to be in this place where I cannot go anywhere but die. When finally there's like, I don't know, I have to rely on you. And there's nothing else to rely on in order to be rescued. It's kind of like you're at the end of the rope and you're hanging and you know you can't have any, you have no more strength to hold on to the rope. You have to let go and there's only two things that can happen. You fall and die or he comes to the rescue. And as crazy as that sounds, that's the safest place to be sometimes. Because we are not reliant on anything of our own. I'm reminded of the, 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 the disciples in the boat with Yeshua, you know, a lot of his disciples were fishermen and sailors. Like they knew their way around the boat. You know, they knew their way around, you know, the water. They knew how to do this thing. But that storm was so intense. Even these their sail, they did not know how to 
repair the situation. Yeshua's taking a nap, right? We know the story, but they get these people who know how to navigate. Yeshua's in the vessel, he's just sleeping. And they know how to navigate the vessel, but they're not yet in need of Yeshua, he's sleeping. But they get to a point, these people who know what they're doing, they know how to read the winds, they know how to read the waves, and they get to the point where they cannot rely on anything, and they wake Yeshua up, and he wakes up, and he comes to the rescue. And they say, man, even the waves and wind obey his voice. Or as we sang, the waves and wind still know his name. And I think that's the way it is with a lot of us. We um, are in this place where we can kind of do it ourselves, and Yeshua's in the vessel, but he's taking a nap. And I think that's what it is with people around the world. He's in the vessel, he's just taking a nap, and he has to bring us to a place where we're so broken and we're so devastated, and there's no way out of this thing. No way out. But the one who comes to the rescue. And it's in this season when we know that he is our one and only rescuer. He can bring us to the point of no return. And that's when he says return. He brings us to the point of no return. And that's when he says, return. Shuva. Shuva Yisrael. Ad Adonai Elohecha. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. And that's the season we're in. You know, at Rosh Hashanah, the day of trumpets, traditionally, is a time when, um, in Jewish tradition, the book of life is opened. And God makes a determination who's going to live for the next year. Now, in Messianic Judaism, it's like, no, that's not true. It's the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's this, the, the Lamb's Book of Life is very different. That is an eternal book of life. right? That's whoever the Lamb has written. It's an eternal book of life. But this traditional book of life, it's, it's not listed in Scripture that this happens on Rosh Hashanah. But Scripture does speak about a book of life for sure. Moses said, take me out of it. So there is a book of life. So in this time, traditionally, it says the books are open and Adonai makes a decision who's going to live and who's going to die this coming year. That's something that is completely out of our control. Completely out of our control. So in this season that we're in, we get to a place where we allow Adonai to activate, to wake up in the boat, to wake up in the vessel, because we have nothing of our own that we can rely on. But his grace and his mercy. Have you ever been in a place where you had to rely on his grace? We spoke about grace a couple weeks ago. Grace, in order for grace to be activated, you had to do something wrong. Because now that you've done something wrong, how is he going to act? Is he going to act with grace or with punishment? So did anybody ever in their life have to rely on his grace? Like, oh my gosh, I messed up. May I share how I messed up last weekend? 
What did he say? I want to hear this. You know the story. All right. I messed up last week. I wasn't here. I was, Susie and I were ministering in music in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I uh, was not here, and I messed up. I did something wrong, and I had to repent. She's like, I should say, okay, we need to do this. You don't know? So here's the, it is finished, but I want to share it, and I want to bring it back to like this place of having to rely on God's grace. Okay, so here's what happened. You may think it's like, Rabbi Brian screwed up. That's never funny. You might find it kind of funny. Okay, so here's what happened. So we were in uh, New, uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, right? And you know we have three cats. Adonai has not blessed us with the uh, human kind of child yet. So we have cats. Um, so, you know, so we have one feline who has to get a, an insulin shot every twice a day into the neck that we've been doing for some years now. And now we it's this one. That's this one. We got him in New Rochelle, New York, and this is how he talks. So now we have, so then we have uh, Jonah, and then we have um, this little kitten called Boaz. We just got snipped. That's unrelated to the story. Boaz gets into everything. He's a kitten. He just jumps everywhere. Okay? So, you know, we're at this place. We're like, well, we don't know what to do. So we're going we're gonna to put Ezra into a, a, a kennel so we can get a shot. And we're going to bring the others to a friend. And, you know, and Susie's like, oh, I just wish we could bring them because I'm worried about them. So I'm like, I have an idea. We're going to New Jersey. The rabbi of the congregation in New Jersey put us up in a house. That's where we were staying. Let's just ask him if we could bring the cats. You with me? Yeah. So I asked them, can we bring the cats? He said, nah, I don't think it's going to work out. We don't really want the cats in this place. So then, because it was more of a public house, that's where they have their after-service gatherings and things like that. So then I had this wonderful idea. I went, hmm, there's going to be some people here that are not going to let me get away with this. I know it. There's, so I went, hmm, my mother is in Israel right now. I have the key to her house. Susie, you and I never do anything mischievous. Why don't we, I have the key, I know the alarm code, why don't we just spend the night at my mother's house with the cats? She'll never know! <laughs> so she's like, so she pulled a Pontius, Pontius Pilate. I'm washing my hands. This blood is not on my hands. I'm like, come on Susie, this is a no-brainer. We can go in, we'll be in, we'll be out, she'll never know, we'll be done. And, and you may be like, this is so stupid, why didn't you just ask your mother? Call her up, send her an email, ask her if you can, you know, go and spend the night with the cats. Why didn't you ask? I'll tell you why I didn't ask. Because she probably would have said no. <laughs> Secondly, my mother's very complicated. If she does me one favor, I will owe her 20. Jewish guilt baked all into it. I let you do this and you don't let me come over. Right? That's 
Well, that's so silly. Why don't you just get a hotel? I'm just plenty of hotels that accept pets. Why don't you just get a hotel? I'll tell you why I don't mean to get a hotel. Because I'm a cheap bastard. That's why we didn't get a hotel. <laughs> So that's why I'm like, let's just bring the cats into her house. Okay, Susie's washing her hands. So we're driving to New Jersey, the plan's all set. Go to my mother's house, I got the key, I got the code. No brainer. <laughs> so we're pr pretty much approaching the house, and then Susie reminds me, doesn't your mother have like extensive like, tchotchkes and figurines and everything like all throughout the house? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't think of that part. So we were like arriving at the house and she's right. My mother has expensive figure, like Judaica figurines, you know, like on every shelf, there's like a whole bunch of stuff. And we got this new kitten who jumps on everything. Okay, he just, if he decides like, oh look, cat toys. And jump on the shelf. I didn't have a, I'd have a, 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 you know, broken, <laughs> expensive stuff that belonged to her all over the floor. It'd be nothing I could do about it. Not to mention the plants. Okay. Not to mention the plants. So then we had to, because the, the first thing that the kitten saw were the plants. So like he went right over to her face. I'm like, okay, this is not going to be good. I got to take the plant. I hide it in the bathroom. He goes to another plant, a fake plant. I got to take that one. We hide it in the bathroom. And I'm looking at all these figurines. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so dead. And I go, Susie, can't we just lock him in the bathroom or lock him in a bedroom? She goes, I'm not locking my cat in the bathroom or a bedroom. I'm not going to do that to him. This was your idea. So we go to... No, we, we leave him there, and now it's time to go to the Friday night booking in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, my heart is, you know, I'm like, I am so dead. The only thing between this, between this cat jumping and breaking my mother's stuff, which I would have no excuse for, and not, is God's decision. It is strictly his decision, his providence, his divine providence. If he allows this to happen, which I deserve, or he doesn't allow it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. And I get to the congregation, the rabbi, shalom, brother. I'm like, oh, shalom. And I'm like, in my back of my head, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope the cat doesn't jump and break this stuff. <laughs> we're, we're singing, enemies scatter, enemies scatter. I'm in the back of my head, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope the cat is not going to jump on break over Judea. You know, I had to do a message there. I'm preaching, and everybody's like, oh, amen, amen, amen. In the back of my head, I'm like, oh my god, the cat, bro, just the cat. We go back, I open the door, I just check, and there's. Nothing broken. So we go to sleep, and I wake up the next morning, and we have to go to the other congregation, New Jersey, and they were singing, we're, you know, if you don't mind broken things. I'm like, don't sing the broken things song. Whatever you do, don't sing the broken things song. You can have my heart if you don't mind broken things. Seriously, no, 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 wrong song. So we finally leave there, go back to the house, I look in, and all the stuff is exactly where it should have been. Oh, wow. Hey, you like that, huh? <laughs> so we get the heck out of there as fast as possible. 
all the other aspects of my plan worked. I had the litter box on the linoleum floor because I knew that was easier to clean. We put everything back where it was. We had to turn the water on when we were there because they should turn the water off. I had to turn it back off, we had to lock it. So I, I set the house up and I leave and I'm like, Father, I am so sorry, I repent. These whole, what's what's the word, heist? A, what's the word, you're doing something like that? Like, there's a, there's a word, like you're doing something wrong, illegal, or? A caper. A caper, these type of capers really don't agree with my spirit, Adonai. I am, I am really sorry, and for the moving forward, I will not put money over doing the right thing. Next time they go to Auntie Michelle's. Next time they go to Auntie Michelle's. All right. So that was it. And thank you, Adonai, that your plan was for these things not to be broken. And I know what's happening, so you got to repent to your mother. Yeah, that's right. You are correct. You are correct. All right. The only reason I shared that is because I got a taste of what it means to, to have, there's nothing I could have done to stop the cat from jumping. It was purely divine providence. And Ezra almost did jump. Remember? Yeah, like right at the end, he's like, I think I'm going to jump over here. I'm like, no, I have to tackle poor little Ezra. So anyway, the only reason I share that here is because I was in this place where I could rely on nothing but God's choice. Whether it was going to happen or not, there was nothing I could do about it. And I went, Adonai, I trust you. Whatever you, whatever your choice is, is the choice. And I, I put my trust in that. And there's a time, I believe, that Adonai brings us all to that point. And everybody, when they're at that point, and there's nothing you can do to affect a situation any longer with your creative, strong selves, you say, God, I can't do this. And Yeshua, sleeping in the vessel, wakes up. And we rely on him and his sovereignty and his providence to work all things out for good, whatever his choice is. So this is the season that we were in of approaching the time where we open our hearts and we allow the great physician to do open heart surgery. If you're going through something in your lives where you're just at the end of your rope, good. That's where he brings us in this season. Let it happen. Put down your own strength and let the one who is divine navigate the situation. Let him say, peace be still to the storm. Because there's nothing you can do to calm this one, as great of a person as you are. We lift this up to you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. All right. The Torah is full of misdirections, or just lefts, rights, ups, downs. I believe in this Torah portion, you'll see one law, and the next verse is about another law, and that they're, they're completely unrelated. I'm now going to change topics. Message number two. <laughs> Which won't be a message, it'll be very, very quick. Okay, Steph, can you help me with the PowerPoint? So there is, or the, the website first. All right, here we go. There's this really, really cool website that I want to share with you. 
And what it does is it takes your English name. Yes. It's really cool. It takes your English name, okay? And it tells you what like the meaning of your English name is. Okay? Have you ever seen it? I did it. I did it myself. Oh, you did it yourself. Who has never seen it? Uh-huh. Who has never seen it? Jeanette. Okay. So you can type in Jeanette. And click woman. And this is really cool. Ooh, goddess sensual. Greek origin. All right, go back. Who else has never done this? Delia. Type in Delia. Woman. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. What do you think? Sensual. <laughs> what do you think, Delia? Pretty cool? I knew it came from the You did know it came from Greek. All right. Go back. Who else has never done it? Hey. Dawn. Type in Dawn. Faithful Protectress. Yeah. And one more. No, not one. We're going to keep going. Who else has never seen it? Amelia. Type in Amelia. Cool. All right, I know who's never seen it before. Little Eva. Yeah. Yeah. So, hold on a second. So, okay, we've had three goddess sensuals. We've had a faithful protectress. Do we have anything else? Yeah. Little fighter. Okay. Um. We're going to go one more. Who else has never seen it? Peter. 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 Okay, Peter, but you have to choose woman. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Uh, point. 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 Yeah. Faithful protectors. Didn't we already have a faithful protectors? Yeah. Here's my statement. Jeanette, when it first came up and it said your name means goddess sensual, did you believe it? I, I had a belief in it. Who, all right, who believed it when it first came up? <laughs> Doris! <laughs> Did anybody else kind of believe it? Okay, a bunch of people kind of believed it. Yeah. Now that you see it came up three times, who believes it that this is true? Do you know how many times this was shared yeah. as truth? <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah. Yeah. Adonai is saying to his people, when are you going to stop believing untruths? Wow. And start being, what's the word in Acts? Berean. Yeah. Read the scriptures. Understand, is what I'm seeing, is it just fluff? Is it something of the world? The Lord has a greater expectation of us than people of the world to propagate truth and only truth. This Torah is truth. The Bible is truth. Adonai is saying, when are my people going to stop playing around with falsehoods and start to only present truth? Go to the next one. Here's one that goes on uh, Facebook a lot. 
through um, a lot of uh, conservatives, which by the way I am, more politically. So this was after the Ferguson riots, and the one in the middle, if you can't read it, it says, uh, the man in the middle saying, no mother should have to fear for her son's life every time he robs a store. <laughs> okay? So when you see that, what do you think? What an idiot! What a moron! To say that! I mean, okay, if you're if you're if you're protesting, fine. If you think that the police did something wrong, fine. But no mother should fear every time his son robs a store. This was shared again in the six figures talking money, hundreds of thousands, with all over social media with judgment on this man. What a moron. Show the real picture. No mother should have to fear for her son's life every time he leaves home. That's what he really did. It was photoshopped. But the false one, with all its judgment, righteous judgment, went all over the place against him. Children of God need to speak truth and discern lies and be slow to speak, but quick to question. Is what I'm seeing really true or is it false? Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen.